existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have had we have had directors, we've had writers, we've had puppeteers, we've had medical professionals. This is the first time we've had a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and your name is? <laughs> Katie. Uh, Katie Casey. I only put that in because now you can't tell all your friends and family to listen. Oh my god, I'll make a point to, to assure they do not. <laughs> no, Katie is our friend. She's our good friend from way back. What, 2000? Yeah, I think 2000, 2001. Yeah, around there. I guess we were all friends online before we all met in person anyway. So, yeah, it's hard to determine. But uh, this week... Yeah, when, when was that? Yeah, Chicago, when did we go to Chicago? Think, uh... Well, we went to Chicago after... We'd all met anyway, I think. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh, yeah we met first in was California. Yeah, it was L.A. Oh, that time. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. I met pa- I met you, Pat, in San Luis Obispo first. So Yeah, yeah. yeah at the Madonna Inn. Yeah, Madonna Inn. They have a plaque Inn. there in the room. Dedicated to us. This is where pop culture continuum got its start. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, so sometime in the early... So around around 15 years, I'll say. I'll just round it off. Um and Katie uh, is from the land of insincerity, as we call it, the South. So what we do don't... you mean it? <laughs> we don't get to see Katie very often. Uh, but so we're glad to have you here, Katie and Pat. Uh, what are we? Do... Was this your idea for the show, Katie? Uh, I think. Let's see, Pat. We talked about Harvey versus something else before we came to Drop Dead Fred, but I can't remember what it was. It seems like Harvey was a definite. I think we, we had considered... like two Jimmy Stewart movies, and I said, "Let's make it more in the <clears throat> excuse me the theme of the show, and let's have a like a movie that's far, far after Harvey." I think it was like Harvey versus another Jimmy Stewart, and then I insisted right. to make it into Drop Dead Fred. Yes, and thank you for that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'll say thank you for that too, sarcastically. Um, <laughs> we can just assume Kate's being tell, sarcastic because she's from the South. So <laughs> you didn't have to say. I like Drop Dead Fred. I will say that right now. It, it sounds like you guys loved it too, so it's good to hear. Sorry you didn't like Harvey. <laughs> no, Harvey first from 1950, I guess, uh, Jimmy Stewart. I, I liked Harvey. And I had Harvey never is seen, a gem. Yeah, I'd never Harvey seen it before. Harvey is a charming gem. And I, Katie was saying that every time she watches it, there's something else that grabs her. Was there something specific you saw in this viewing of it that you didn't remember? or just? It was. I jotted down um, a line that uh, Elwood P. Dowd, who is Jimmy Stewart, his sister's older sister, Vita P. Dowd, or no, it's just Vita. She said she made a comment outside of the... the uh, the loony bin, the nervous hospital, that she was picking flowers and she says, they're for my brother Elwood. He's devoted to ranuncular, <laughs> which I thought was a great line. <laughs> well, all right. Does uh, Katie, do you want to give a brief synopsis of Harvey or you, Pat? Sure. Matter? Okay. You're the guest. Um, 
Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and feel free to correct. Um, but it's about a very likable uh, older gentleman. Well, he always seems so old, but they said he's only 42. Elwood P. Dowd, um, who has uh, a, a, maybe a drinking problem and is kind of seen as a very charming kind of crazy guy because his best friend is an invisible six-foot rabbit. And so hilarity ensues when his sister tries to have him committed and he's just so pleasant and lovely and charming and uh, it, it just goes from there. It's, yeah. I, it has been like a, a family favorite of ours. Uh, so I watched it even when I was a little girl. Yeah, I'd never seen it before this. So, yeah, so he's so charming. They they think he can't possibly be crazy and they commit his sister instead. Um, which for me they could have committed her in the first scene because I can't think of a more detestable film character right now than I can. I mean, it's obviously because I just watched it, but, uh, you know, she won the Oscar. I did. I do. I, I was looking it up and I, maybe she's like a really, she won it cause she was really sweet and stuff in real life. But, um, here I she thought was, she was, the, the daughter was much more detestable than her. I, I agree with Pat. No, I I thought she was just so whiny the entire time. Oh, oh, it wasn't it wasn't because of what she was doing. It was just how I, she acted. It was her, yeah, like she was she needed a fainting couch at every after every <laughs> line. You know, it was driving yeah. me crazy. There are two or three um, actors that came from the from the theater version, from the Broadway version, and the the daughter, whose name is Victoria something, Victoria Horn, I think, and also the guy, um, Mr. Wilson, uh, from, in the, from the Nervous Hospital, and also, I think, The Maytag Repairman. Yeah. Exactly. They are all from the theater, and they kind of, you can really tell with the sister, Myrtle May, that it, she, she, she didn't make the switch to the small screen, very, or rather the, <laughs> to, from theater to film very gracefully. Well, yeah. uh, Jimmy Stewart came from the, the theater version, too, as well, right? Yep. But yep. age-wise, everything, everybody seemed to be way off. Like, Vita seemed to be way too old to be Jimmy Stewart's sister, and the daughter, her daughter, Myrtle May's... Myrtle May seemed way too old. She seemed closer to Jimmy Stewart's age. And then the Maytag repairman seemed too old for her. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Uh, but that's old Hollywood, I guess. Of course, Jimmy Stewart was the perfect age for him. So he was the only one that works. Yeah, no, he was a perfect age. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really liked the movie. But I did, like, at the end, I, I obviously was reading too much into it. But I was like, is this just a metaphor or for alcoholism because that's that was what i thought i was like well you know jimmy stewart's basically a functional alcoholic in this and uh the the doctor the guy who owns the sanitarium whose name i can't recall right now dr chumley chumley dr chumley yeah uh he saw harvey but he he only seemed to see harvey after he was drunk as well like he was he was kind of teetering around while he was walking and and talking about harvey so I, i was like oh is is Harvey real or is it just uh, an alcoholic thing? And I don't, I'm sure that's not anything they intended, but I think Harvey was real because Mr. Wilson saw him in the dictionary, which was one of my favorite scenes in the film. Oh, that's true. That's true. And also Harvey opens doors and walks and walks through the the doors and you can see that happen. Oh, that's true. He walks through the gate at the, at the end. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And before that he scares the doctor by going into his office. Right. Well, the doctor had seen him before that, even. 
Right, but I mean, the the, the Harvey is opening the door. It's not oh, like, right, right. No, and no, where'd yeah, the I hat get it. come from? But, where'd the hat come from? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Where did yeah. the hat come from? I kind of, I kind of like the movie better that that it's not ambiguous. I like it that it's very clear that Harvey is real. Yeah, I wish they could have shown him, but I guess it's actually in a way it's kind of better they didn't. I was watching the special features that because I have Harvey there, um, there next to the TV now. But uh, the playwright, whose last name is Chase, she also wrote the screenplay with somebody else and wanted the last scene when Jimmy Stewart is walking away and everybody's feeling feelings because he and Harvey, you know, prefer each other's company. She wanted you to see Harvey. That would have been the perfect place for it. Yeah. Yeah. But it still worked. Yeah. But the director uh, said no. Really? I wonder if in the play they had somebody come out in the rabbit costume. In yeah, it's weird because uh, my girlfriend and basically everybody else I know says I'm like the least sentimental person ever. But I I got a little choked up at this one, which and it's so corny too. You wouldn't expect, but for something about Jimmy Stewart can pull that shit off. Yeah, totally. And and the, the script is so clever and charming. I mean, it's there, there's some really goofy dated things. Like Pat and I were talking, I, I just died when the Dr. Um, Sanderson starts talking about psychos and schizos. Yeah. And it's so sexist. Oh it's my God. Extremely so sexist. sexist lines. Yeah. But it's so charming and, and it's so clever with so many really great throwaway lines that I just, it doesn't, it never gets old. There is a thing. There's, go, go ahead, Pat. There's a, a line in the middle that I, I never really noticed before, and I've seen it a few times, but the, the daughter talks about every day there's truck, there's truck accidents. Why can't, why can't Uncle Elwood be hit by a truck? <laughs> yeah, that's so mean. So that's so mean. so mean. That's hit by a truck? Really, Myrtle May? <laughs> well, and Not can he be better? Can he be less embarrassing? He, she wants him dead. She yeah. wants him splat on the street. Well, <laughs> well, what's the what's the young, good-looking doctor's name? Dr. Sanderson. <laughs> yeah, well, he's so fucking mean to the nurse, who's supposed oh, to be his love interest. I, I was, like, cringing at some points. I'm like, dude, what the hell? She's obviously in yeah, love I with you. Down, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I wrote down a line that he says, now you go get him down here if you have to do a striptease. Yes. <laughs> I was, yeah, he was like, whatever, shake your hips, whatever you have to do, yeah. Oh, terrible. And yeah, it was, it was the one scene where she, he, he can't remember her, uh, the sister's name, so he's like, give me the card, Nurse Kelly, give me the card, and he's like, if you're done sleeping, maybe you can start working. <laughs> Are you ever at the reception desk? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. There's there's one thing in it that drives me crazy, which you and I have talked about before, Pat. It's the uh, it's the comedy of misunderstandings. It doesn't even drive me crazy. It it stresses me out. Like when I'm just like, just say the right thing, and this would all be cleared up. Like when uh, Vita is talking to the the doctor, which is what makes him think she's crazy. I'm like, just be clearer. And it and then you know when they're all running around looking. F- to find the right person and like the doctor runs one way and the the dude comes out the other door or the nurse does or whatever and they can't, uh, <laughs> that that stuff really stresses me out i don't know why that's why i can't watch frazier 
that's why you can't watch Frasier? Well, it's, <laughs> it's the main reason. It's just things where I'm like, it's it would be so simple if you people would use your brains. And it, it yeah, it makes me nuts. But other than that, the, it was, <laughs> other than that little bit of slapstick in there, um, I but didn't I, have I, any problems. I didn't think the, the, the scene with the, the sister and the nurse wasn't the worst comedy of misunderstanding I've ever seen. Because it was actually funny because you don't expect that to happen but she's talking about and this is what jimmy stewart said that he liked about her performance in the movie is that she halfway doesn't believe in half and harvey and halfway does believe in harvey and she has to go through the whole movie playing both characters at once and i thought that was exactly what that scene did it's she's talking about harvey as if he's real but she's also talking about jimmy elwood's character as if she can he can see something that doesn't exist right and so I thought that scene worked really well, but the other the other scene I agree that there's sometimes they are a little bit. Uh, but you know, it's taken from a play. It's very stagey. Yes, it you is very. That, yeah, yeah. On a theater stage, much easier. Some of those scenes. Right, which I didn't know, and and that makes sense, more sense now. Um, and of course, there's Elwood's famous line. I don't remember the whole thing, the uh, but the one that ends, I'd rather I I prefer pleasant. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, over over smart yeah smart. It, but it was a whole big thing it wasn't just that yeah that's right yeah but right that's the one um, people usually use as signatures in their emails and stuff for some reason there was this running gag throughout the whole thing where elwood would always try to offer people his card and they went what do you mean it. because it was hilarious that was the reason <laughs> <laughs> was it? I I don't know. I didn't get. Maybe it, it cracked me up because every time he'd give the card and say, "Call me at this number. This number's no good anymore." Well, why do you have that number on the card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wondered what his card said. <laughs> yeah, they should have shown it. I like the the only person that didn't take it was that first mailman. I don't need that. And the, <laughs> yeah. the movie starts off so. He's, so he's ripping up the, the letter. The mailman yes. hands it. The letter has to sign yes. for it. And as he's walking away, he's ripping it up. Yeah, it's a registered yeah. letter. <laughs> <laughs> he signs it. He says to Harvey, this is interesting. And then just rips it up as he walks away. <laughs> like I said, functional alcoholic. And But we never see him drink. I think he had one drink the whole movie. Well, he, he, we saw him ordering a lot of drinks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he, we saw him suggesting to people that we should go get a drink. <laughs> always, always. Yeah. Oh well, that's where he wanted everybody to meet. Either that, or at really, his house for dinner. I really want to see the sequel of for one that dinner party where everyone he wanted to meet is there. For two, where that guy at the end of the bar gets comeuppance for forcing Harvey to buy his drinks. <laughs> that was funny. Exactly. The guy at the end will get it. Yeah, he he he'd be delighted. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was very sweet and uh, and charming and. I mean, he, funny. It, it it had funny parts, but you know, like we were saying, humor doesn't doesn't really age well in a lot of ways. Um, I think it does in this movie. I think it does for the most part. There's there's some bits that just seem so pro forma that you're like, yeah, I I get that. That's an old gag, you know. Yeah, and at the time it wasn't right. But I still laugh pretty much the whole movie, except the sad parts. Yeah, in that final scene. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, yeah. It was. It was also. I mean, the the hospital staff seemed to be a bunch of quacks for the most part, <laughs> right? Like, I kind of thought that was one of the messages in the movie. The I, psychiatry I, is bullshit, and don't bother <laughs> with it. 
<laughs> and Dr. Sanderson was always like, I'm using psychology. <laughs> yeah. That chip on your shoulder is from unresolved issues as a child. <laughs> that was a great, a great, a great argument between them and nurse. The nurse is like, "Don't use your psychology on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to." Well, the, yeah, and then the the whole thing with uh, they were going to give him the the serum. They were going to give uh, Jimmy Stewart the the serum to make him stop seeing Harvey, and uh, and that would just totally destroy his personality. So yeah, it was very anti psychiatry overall, I guess. But they yeah. did give him. They did use the baths. I, I don't. I didn't. I don't know what the baths were. Did they give them like electrical current or something in those baths? No, I thought that was just a bath. Oh, it was just a bath. Okay. <laughs> Which was a, Wilson, another funny scene. Yeah. Wilson refers to it as like the hydro room or the hydra something. Like, yeah. oh, I left the bath on. Like it's some kind of treatment. <laughs> and I like that Wilson is instantly so violent that there's not even a second where he wants to just be like, just take them. Come with me. No, he has to grab people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rip their clothes off. <laughs> that was just for the bath. It wasn't a sexual thing. Although he was pretty creepy with uh, Myrtle May. I have well, to she say. was inviting it, so she was inviting it. That was another weird, uh, anachronistic thing where you're like, oh, maybe that, maybe in the fifties. No, I think they were just instantly in love. <laughs> Once he asked yeah, for the onion and whatever the sandwich, onion and egg sandwich. That's onion what I was going to ask. Is no, that... nobody's ever eaten that. I don't think that has been a thing. <laughs> One rye. <laughs> <laughs> but no. the, the, his performance, Jimmy Stewart's performance as Elwood P. Dowd really carries that movie. I mean, it, that's what it, that's why the movie is so watchable even now. But I read that he thought his performance was a little too cute and dreamy. And later on when he did it on stage, he made Elwood a little darker and harder oh i thought th i thought cute and dreamy totally worked for the role it did yeah uh, yeah you can't really picture anybody else playing that part so i, th mm -hmm. I think he did a great job there's a version in 1996 that had harry, harry anderson oh night Is court night court yeah hmm. I, yeah along I... with along with fred Gwynn, richard mulligan and madeline Kahn. Oh, huh. was it? It was like a has been production of Harvey. I don't know, but I like all those people, so I want to see it. I thought Matt, didn't Madeline Kahn die around that time? Oh, she I mean, did. I don't, I don't think it's coincidence uh, or anything. I mean, I don't think I'm not suggesting anything, but I she thought died, she Madeline died in 1999. Yeah, R.I.P. She was uh, killed by Definitely. Jimmy Stewart's ghost. Yeah. Oh, I'm dead. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I thought he was a creeper. Uh, the the way he was hitting on Myrtle May was totally grossing me out. Mr. Wilson. Yeah. In the house, he was very he was very aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! After when they came out of the kitchen, didn't he like goose her or something? Yeah, because she screamed. <laughs> he did something, and she right, screamed. That's off right. Because when yeah. I was watching that, I thought that mother. I thought, like, the next scene was going to be the mother in the kitchen seeing them. But no, that was Myrtle May screaming. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. But she was desperate. She was desperate. She was Mr. desperate. Mr. Wilson was a godsend for her. Yes. No, the other... They blamed Elwood, but I, I'm going to have to say it wasn't Elwood's fault. <laughs> well, she was desperate because she was obviously the same age as Jimmy Stewart. She, she was in her early 40s. Uh, 
Yes. If she was really Jimmy Stewart's same age. Nope. She was 20 years younger. <laughs> was she really? Yeah. She had, oh. I think she had very, I don't know what it was. I, I don't want to comment on anybody's appearance. She just looked older to me. She had well, I kind of harsher features maybe. She was made to look. Older. Not Maybe not older, but made to look like someone who would not have a husband. Yeah. Yeah. Like an old maid kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's probably more what it was. Um, but yeah, you're right, Katie. I think uh, I think it's all Jimmy Stewart in this, and he didn't win an Oscar, I guess, huh? But he was nominated. Um, he, he was nominated for an Oscar and a Golden Globe, but Jose Ferrer uh-huh. won both for Cyrano de Bergerac. And who's seen that? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody even. I didn't know they had Golden Globes that long ago. I thought that was like an 80s invention of a terrible award with <laughs> Funny Show. Mm-hmm. Funny Show, Terrible Award. Well, I usually agree with the Golden Globes more than the Oscars, but maybe that's because they do TV as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I call it Cyrano to Freedom Fries. That time, that <laughs> francophone shit. <laughs> really? You, so you guys, you thought, you thought Myrtle May was worse than Vita, a worse character. Vita grows on you. You know, I, I remember being irritated by Vita, but I, 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 I actually, I'm, I'm warmed by her performance. She grows on you for sure. She was such a drama queen, though. But in that final Little May scene, was just mean. I mean, yeah, well, that's why I don't. In that final <laughs> scene when, when Vita saves Elwood, when she goes in and says, no, don't take it, don't take it. If, if Merle May were there, she would say, give him two. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wilson, hold him down. You're right. And do you remember when she had the ladies over to their house to, um, well, it's actually Elwood's house, and that woman, there's a woman, like, singing in the parlor, and she's really busty, and she starts singing a hippity-hop song, and she's jumping up and down. I think Vita's expressions are so funny. So (laughs) funny. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on? She's horrified. When, When that scene was going on, that was the point I wished it had switched to, like, Bruce Willis busting in the window and just shooting everybody. Because um, <laughs> that was the most. You're as bad as Myrtle May. I was going to say, you fit right in with Mr. Wilson and Myrtle May. It was just, <laughs> these these ladies were so, I oh, God, I don't know. They were such a turnoff to me, just their whole demeanor. And their fox stole Yes, the, that and... high society, you know, patrician thing they had going on. Um, oh, I looked at the wrong person. Myrtle May is only three years younger than Jimmy Stewart. Thank you. That makes a lot more sense. Um, you were looking at, at uh, the nurse? No, yeah, I was looking at the nurse, yeah. Yeah. We got um, third somehow. What's that? On Wikipedia, that, the nurse got third billing. That's oh. why I assumed it was Myrtle May. I would assume Myrtle May would be the third person listed. Well, the nurse was much, Nurse Kelly was a much is... better character. Much more likable, yeah. anyway. Victoria Horn. That's Myrtle May. Oh, man. She's even got something sharp in her name. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I... Yeah. It, the thing about Myrtle May is, like, just really mean, nasty people, you can you can dismiss. But, like, somebody like Vita, who's really super annoying, you have to deal with. I didn't... I guess I didn't find her as annoying as you did. 
I, I, I liked her. Just the constant, oh, <laughs> kind of thing. Was... It made me laugh. It made me laugh every time. <laughs> it made me laugh, too. It made me laugh, too. I think she's funny. And, and, and uh, you know, I keep saying this, but it's a really theatrical character. And I think she really did manage to tone it down for the movie. <laughs> but it makes for good, like, 1950. I mean, come on. That's, that's like par for the course, that kind of humor. No, you're, I agree the performance was good. It was a little too good, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, Jimmy Stewart carries it. But I do want to mention once again, even though, as Pat said, you don't really see him drink, he drinks a lot. That's his daily routine, his first thing, head down to the bar, which <laughs> is a little bit disturbing to me. And you, and I, I, I don't know if Harvey actually drinks. I mean, we, we know the movie shows that Harvey's real, but he's, is he drinking those second drinks or is Jimmy Stewart drinking that? That was my thought. Yeah, yeah because if he's drinking both, you know, there's the 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 scene with uh, Dr. Sanderson and Nurse Kelly out in the uh, like the alleyway behind Charlie's bar. Yes, you can tell he's hammered. Yeah. He's absolutely hammered. And so, if he has been drinking doubles, his and Harvey's, and he's had like five rounds, it's <laughs> I don't know how the man is conscious. <laughs> he built up tolerance. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but well, and it, it it is that is another theme. It's kind of a classic theme where like. Uh, the person who everybody thinks is nuts is actually the most sane, you know. Um, there's got to be a name for that trope. But he, uh, he see, Jimmy Stewart sees the good in everybody and invites every single person he meets to come have dinner at his house or a drink with him or something. I don't think he necessarily sees the good. I don't think he cares about good or bad, but he sees the interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and he's 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 genuinely pleased to be in whoever's company, which is part of his, you know, being oh so pleasant as opposed to oh so smart. Uh, he seems to really be engaged with whomever he's talking to. He's he wants to be there, wants to be present, wants to hear their stories, um, as opposed to I don't know whatever John just said that I already forgot. Yeah, well, as you well should. Uh, <laughs> I mean that that's really shown in that scene where he, with the security guard where the security guard's showing him his gate he's like that's very interesting <laughs> and the security guard's like let me show you how it works open and close <laughs> yep I pulled this lever it opens <laughs> <laughs> it's really complicated he's like you're a, you're a very ingenious man or something yeah <laughs> remarkable <laughs> yeah no it's <sighs> It, yeah, and and Jimmy Stewart kind of facilitates other people's uh, coming together. That's too like, especially yeah, so the doctor, part, Nurse Kelly, and, and Nurse Dr. Kelly. Sanders. Yeah, he sees that from the beginning and and keeps pushing them closer to together because Doctor Sanderson is such a huge cock. What a jerk! <laughs> He's such a jerk. And also, Elwood likes to physically put people together like they were at Charlie's and something that he says that I absolutely adore is he'll say, you know, Mr. Wilson, I don't like to see you stand. Yeah. yeah. Come sit with us. Yeah. Miss Kelly, I don't like to see you stand, sit here by Dr. Sanderson. So he's physically putting them together too. Right. And not only does he approve of that relationship, but he saves Myrtle May and Mr. Wilson at the end where he's like, what a, what a beautiful couple. (laughs) (laughs) That makes that shuts the sister up. Okay. <laughs> no, it's it's it was really good. Um, I really I, I, I want to go back to that scene where Mister Mister Wilson is reading the dictionary. I, I really like the line reading where he's he's reading it so slowly, like he's then, illiterate almost. Yes, yes. And then he gets to how are you doing today, Mister Wilson? And he doesn't he doesn't act nearly as shocked as Vita would have. It's just yeah, hell yeah, right, because she would have probably keeled over and died. 
Yes. Well, he says, well, who wants to know? And then he <laughs> drops the dictionary with both hands. No, he says, who in the encyclopedia wants to know? And then he drops it like it's you know dirty or sticky and then turns around to do something else. Yeah, because this dictionary encyclopedia asks me my personal business. I, yeah, he obviously also doesn't know the difference between a dictionary and encyclopedia. I oh, assume okay. she was looking at a dictionary, but... Uh, he can hardly read as it is. The puka, yeah, that's true. And th- that was the setting up that scene was pretty funny too, with uh, Doctor Chumley's wife wondering what a puka is and looking it up in the in the dictionary. And then she gets to it and starts reading. And he's like, "Oh, I gotta go." Yeah, I don't have time. So curiosity ends immediately. And that was one that I had to look up. I looked up puka to see if it was actually a thing, which it was. But I, I thought they might have made it up for the movie because it sounded very cutesy. Don't they spell it differently than it is? Yeah, really? in in Gaelic they do. Yeah. Okay. It's it's scary. I read I read about a puka today, and it's it's a lot. I mean, it can be a goblin or a horse, or it's like ruins the crops and well, brings. Well, they disease. they can yeah they can be either um, malevolent malevolent or benevolent. So luckily, Jimmy Stewart got a benevolent one. But yeah, old Irish myth. He was a bit of a trickster, taking the purse hmm. out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, to, yeah, so they could. But that was cat. for good. Yeah, that was for good. Yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty fucking weird movie for the time. Just the whole concept of it. Yeah, I guess it actually the the play won um, the Pulitzer I for drama. Say, I was going to say that might be why they got to make it into a movie because just as a movie pitch, I could see Hollywood being like, "No, this is what the hell are you talking about?" I'm a little surprised you've never seen it, John. I know, I am too. Um, I don't know. I'm working my way through. That's what this podcast is for. Mm-hmm. Seeing bad movies and good movies. Yeah. Well, we definitely saw one of each for this show. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we did. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I thought it sounded like you guys liked Harvey, so I'm really surprised you're calling it bad. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> that's what that's what we're doing, Pat. That's precious. Um. Any any final thoughts on Harvey, and we'll take a break and go to the other one. Drop to Fred. That's right. Mm. No, we, we're done. We're good with Harvey. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we've, everybody we've... should see Harvey. Yes, I... if you haven't seen it, you should see it, and if you have seen it, you should see it again because you'll notice new things. You know, I did write one other quote that kind of applies uh, to um, pop culture continuum. It is. An element of conflict in any discussion is a good thing. It shows everyone's taking part and nobody's left out. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I thought that was a great line. That was great. Oh, I just <laughs> saw something else about Harvey. There, I, I, I guess it's not there anymore, but a couple of years there was a revival and it starred Jim Parsons. So they, they just keep bringing this huh. back with uh, worse and worse people. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jim Parsons is funny. I wish they'd put him in something I enjoyed. True. I, I think he's yeah. a funny actor. I, yeah, I guess I can't separate him from the show because that's all I've seen him in. So, um, all right, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about Drop Dead Fred. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he. Tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations Good vibrations Van Dyke 
We're back with uh, Drop Dead Fred, mm. which uh, had another puka of a sort. Yeah. And another pill that instantly got rid of the puka of a sort. The, the main and there are the similarities between, end. Yes. The two movies is, is Harvey is, a, is a, a good movie, and this one is not. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it in a nutshell, Katie. I think maybe... I think maybe Drop Dead Fred was a benevolent, I mean, a malevolent puka because he was a real jerk. Yeah, he was. Well, we were just talking during the break. I, I laughed at the very first scene, like I said, um, when her mother's telling her a fairy tale. She's a young little girl at this point. And uh, she asked her mother if they live happily ever after. And and her mother says yes. And she's like, how do you know? And and uh, she, sa- she says some really... St- stupid answer because she was a good little girl and so she got what she wanted or something and and the daughter says that's a bunch of shit i thought that was hilarious uh, and then the first gag when she's talking to the dude from er and uh and he, they're remembering the drop dead fred stuff and and it throws it shows her or drop dead fred uh throwing a can of yellow paint on the grandmother on that dude's grandmother i thought that was funny but, that guy's uh, from ER? Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, like um He was Juliana Margulies. Yeah. Love interest. Oh, um, the, oh that, I, that was George Clooney? Yeah, yeah. that was George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, that was George Clooney. Oh, that was man, Ron Eldard. Back then. Um, but and he had those, his hairdo and those two ghastly earrings. Oh, oh my the God, earrings. I I, that made me laugh, but you know, it was not a... a the great thing about this laugh. movie is you can not you can watch it a million times and never figure out what decade it's from. It, it's really, really well, difficult. I will uh, I will say it's it's somewhat to me it seemed very dated from either the eighties or nineties. Well, um, I saw a phone booth that did not take you to the Ministry of Magic, so that's a little dated. <laughs> I don't uh, get that reference, but I'm going to play along. I'm, with you, Katie. I'm just talking about their their apartment was straight. I mean, I guess the movie's from '91, so but their apartment was was put together in the '80s. Yeah, and, and so were the special effects. But Yo, Pat, the special effects were just abysmal. Yeah, Pat, you you like this, so why don't you give a brief synopsis of Drop Dead uh, Fred? Well, uh, Phoebe Cates plays a character whose life is falling apart. She lost her job. She got split up with her husband, and she's being taken in by her overbearing mother. And when she gets there, she meets up again with her uh, imaginary friend that she hadn't seen since she was six, and chaos ensues. Yes, her imaginary friend dropped dead Fred. Um, and I don't think it's a good movie, but I laugh a lot during the movie. And I think it's a little bit sweet. I guess I kind of have a... I, lo- I, watched, I guess I watched it when it came out, because... I like the young ones and, and it just made me laugh then. And I just kind of have a, like a soft spot for it. Yeah. Uh, well, Katie was saying during the break that she was a big young ones fan as was I. So Rick Mayall was a big selling point. I think to everybody for, for this movie, even to me now, I was like, well, it's got Rick Mayall. How bad could it be? Um, well, he did everything he was supposed to do. Yeah. No, he did. He I mean, he, yeah. he played the part fine. I just think yeah. the movie wasn't, there are no likable characters. Phoebe Cates is precious. She's adorable as she can be, but there are no likable characters in that movie. No, well, and Phoebe Cates... Wait, what's, what's wrong with Carrie Fisher? Oh, she's awful. She's sleeping she with do? a married man. She lives on a boat. No. <laughs> Wait, she doesn't just live on a boat. She lives on a straight-up Mark Twain's Steam. steamboat. 
It is fucking <laughs> ridiculous. I like how they put it, like, in the movie, Drop Dead Fred causes that boat to sink. And Phoebe Cates has no problem going to tell Carrie Fisher, oh, I sunk your boat. Like, she's not afraid to tell her. And, but anyway, it, I, at the end of the movie, it turns out that Carrie Fisher made big money off of it. So she doesn't care at all. As she's smoking while she's exercising. Yes, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But Phoebe Cates, well, Phoebe Cates does a good job, too, I have to say. And it made me think, like, why did, why wasn't Phoebe Cates bigger? Like, the, the oh, physical stuff she does in this is really good. Yeah. She's, there was that scene uh, when she and uh, Ron Elder, the ER guy, are, are at lunch. Yes. Now, see, that's funny. That's no, a funny scene. That, she was great in that. Yeah. Drop Dead okay. Fred has her hand. We're on the yeah. same page. I laughed at that scene. Okay. So the stuff you hated is just the dumb stuff that I was bored through. Yeah, which was most of the, the movie. But <laughs> there's lots of funny <laughs> Drop Dead Fred scenes. But Phoebe Cates. Where he brought all the mud into the room. Cornflakes that wasn't mud. Cornflakes Cornflakes disease. disease. No, I'm not talking yeah. about the dog poop. The dog poop was a little mean. The mud yeah. was fun. Uh, yeah, cornflakes disease. Why they made the, why they just—I don't know if this is a kids' movie or a comedy or what, but why they made the the mother not only unlikable but evil. Yeah, she was wretched. She was wretched. See, the thing is, Drop Dead Fred is not real. Drop Dead Fred is in Phoebe Cates's head because, as a result of her god awful, terrible. Uh, just dreadful mother. Uh, th- that's the difference between Harvey and Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred doesn't exist. Phoebe Cates is crazy. But is she, I know that was the thing though. I was like, but is she? Because then you know when she, spoiler alert, uh, hooks up with Ron Eldard at the end. Her his daughter sees Drop Dead Fred, which is a strange coincidence. Although perhaps he told his daughter about Drop Dead Fred. Well, how, how do you explain all the other imaginary friends getting together and having a little party? And, and all she the kids couldn't even see it? it. Yeah. They could only see their individual individual imaginary friend. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's I something like, that Phoebe like Cates th- projects. I think you can like take it either the, way. I'd like to think that Phoebe Cates isn't crazy and Drop Dead Fred really exists and he just, she just needed his help to go back to her, her like terrible youth that she lost a lot of her youth because her mother was a jerk and she went back and recaptured her youth and got enough strength to say goodbye mother yeah I, and he's part of her personality he is part of her personality it's just a you know different uh, chunk of it yeah it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing she here's my problem with Phoebe Cates she is way too invested in her soon to be ex-husband who is well there's two signs from the beginning that he's a huge douche He's a Jaguar salesman, <laughs> and he's played by Tim Matheson. So you know right off the the. Who I sat the... next to while I watched the Red Violin. You, you sat did? next to Tim Matheson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what the Red Violin is. It was a very very good movie. You know, one time I sat next to um, Gil Gerard, um, and when I saw the gun in Betty Lou's handbag, that was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Wait, is Gil Gerard Buck Rogers? Buck Rogers, uh, yeah, he is. Oh shit. True story. Uh, well, that's awesome that he ended up yeah. in Little Rock. Well, what? I've never heard of that movie. What is that movie? It's not good. Penelope Ann Miller. Don't see it. Oh, you say no see more. Red, you should see the red, red violin. That is good. Is it? Is it Drop Dead Fred good, Pat? <laughs> no, it's, it's actual real life good. Other people that aren't me like it too. It's a scene. I thought the the person who directed it. What the heck? They haven't done any. Oh, they did something this year. Well. They did, the, or he did uh, 32 short films about Glenn Gould, which I never saw what was supposed to be good. It's supposed to be good, yeah. He, he's, he's from the Netherlands, is that right? No, I'm talking about Red Violin. The guy who did uh, oh. Drop the Fridge from the Netherlands, and I don't think he 
American movies. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't either. Well, apparently Phoebe Cates, I learned a while mm. ago. Don't ask me why I was looking up Phoebe Cates. Uh, I know, because you were obsessed with her when you were a kid like I was. Like everybody everybody our age was, sure. Um, yes. there's, there's, not, there's never not a good reason to look up Phoebe Cates, but I guess she owns like a... Uh, a dress store or a clothing store in New York, and she actually works in it. Wow! So you could walk in and say hi to Phoebe Cates, I guess. Well, you know, she's married to Kevin Klein, and when yeah. she stopped making movies, his his career kind of took off. So maybe they kind of switched off, or she became a mother or something. Yeah, but much like Phoebe Cates, Kevin Klein never got as popular as I wanted him to. He never became like a superstar. No, I know he's like a huge uh, stage actor. I was going to say, I think he's he's really big stage actor, so it's it's a different world. But yeah, I agree. And and I would almost guarantee you, if you walk into Phoebe Cates' store, she looks exactly the same. She's she's just adorable. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to say she's a vampire, <laughs> <laughs> or that, and that. Either, either, yeah, either or. I think we've talked about that story before because that's when we found out that uh, their daughter is a indie pop singer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ingrid Superstar. Huh. Anyway, anything we can do to stop talking about Drop Dead Fred, I guess. Well, I thought that Elizabeth, um, Phoebe Cates, I thought her father, Nigel, who was British, which gives me reason why I, I think that's why Drop Dead Fred was British, because her father had a British accent. I thought his pants were entirely too tight. They made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I never noticed these things. Never. <laughs> and I don't... He just well, disappears. <laughs> he just disappears from the whole... I think maybe the, the mother killed Nigel. Yeah, I, as far as I know, she did. Yeah, he was a, he was the good guy. In the uh, in the relationship, and he stood up for Elizabeth. Yeah, well, he stood up briefly One and time. said, "Well, if and you're going to do this, I'm leaving." And he just walked right out. I think she maybe just like absorbed him into her, like a twin does in the womb. Some <laughs> evil shit. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. But you know, what was up with the gladiolas? Gladiolas. Gladiolas. They, they would cause her just allergic. Sneeze, but, she was just yeah. allergic to them. It was a yeah. It's just a dumb plot device to make her sneeze and make him go flying around the room. Because apparently you? he's he's yeah like feather light uh, when somebody sneezes, but at other times not. Anyway, don't try to explain his anatomy. Yeah. Walter Mondale's uh, <laughs> daughter was also in this film. Walter Mondale's daughter. Who was she? <laughs> Attractive customer. She's the lady in the Jaguar, the one with the blonde hair who's talking about being populous. Oh, oh that one. She kind of looks, now that I think about it, she kind of looks like Walter Mondale. <laughs> That's too bad. And, and I didn't realize when I was watching it, but that was, as Annabelle, was Bridget Fonda. What? Yeah. Was it Bridget Fonda? Yeah, definitely. She, she was cute, too. What? It was like pre-fame, like right before yeah. singles and stuff. When I oh it was when I saw her I was like oh that kind of looks like Bridget Fonda but not enough to make me think it was actually her oh so weird yeah ninety one this must have been one of like her first acting roles yeah she hit it big right after that because right it was singles and single white female and like a couple other really big ones and then she like disappeared she went to, she joined uh, Phoebe Cates yeah weird she was good too I thought um, yeah her last. Her last role is 2001. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman took her away into the Scientology building and never let her out. Oh, is he? Is, is, he he, is Danny Elfman? No, he's Jenna Elfman is, but not Danny. <laughs> that's right. And they're like, <laughs> they're cousins or some shit. I think he's her uncle or something like that. 
Her first uh, her first role was in Easy Rider in 1969. Yeah, I was about to call you an idiot saying this was her first movie when but was she like was five years, in that. Thirty years old. And then not another one till '87. Her dad, her dad's Peter Fonda, right? Yeah. Which it... can't be good. <laughs> and her grandfather was Henry Fonda, who was good friends with Jimmy Stewart, to take it back to Harvey. But Henry Fonda, very liberal. Jimmy Stewart, very conservative. They were still friends. They were friends. That was back when liberals and conservatives could be friends. Mm. Never happened. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Katie's, Katie's big to get into politics on this discussion, I can tell. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to fill out like any questionnaire before I came on. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you're not conservative. At least you're not that conservative. Not as far as you know. <laughs> Gene Siskel named Job Dead Fred the worst film of 1991. <laughs> I, I take issue with that. There has to be a worse movie from 1991. How dare you disrespect the dead like that? There has to be. He's not dead. What the hell are you talking about? It's all fake. <laughs> oh, it was an Andy Kaufman thing? Yeah, Cisco was doing. <laughs> I think the second worst movie of 1991 was the Gun and Betty Lou's Handbag. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, uh, Gil Gerard as Buck Rogers. Did he ever was he, was he like? Did he do like another show like Lee Majors had the Fall Guy after? Yeah. After, but Gil Gerard never had one, did he? No. He dated. I had a drama teacher in high school who's just gorgeous, gorgeous woman, and they dated in college. So I, when I went up to Gil Gerard, I said, "Hey, do you remember so and so?" And so we, I got to chat with him for a little bit. Oh, that's neat. Oh. I know, and he was super nice. And you didn't try to hit that shit. I was like sixteen. And you didn't try to hit. So that yes, shit? he did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just try. No offense. Uh, we still see each other sometimes. <laughs> Good old Gil down in Little Rock. <laughs> Spending his time whittling. <laughs> Have you been to Little Rock? I, I, no. It's I've big been, on the whittling. I've been through Little Rock, which is about as much time as I wanted to spend in Arkansas. Yeah, um, Bill Gerard had life-saving gastric bypass surgery. Life-saving? Hello? Holy cow. Pat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was just trying to, to to milk the the moment of his Build the tension. But why, why would gastric bypass surgery be life saving? I think he couldn't lose weight, and that's oh, he got he really was so big. When he sat next to you, was he taking up two seats? Did he sit yeah, around the house? He, he came in and out through a crane. <laughs> came in and out of what? The theater. The theater. Through a crane. <laughs> Yeah, they had a dome. Knocked out a wall. <laughs> Knocked out a wall. At least in my version, they had a, a movable dome. <laughs> this is Little Rock. Oh, right. Yes, Pat? Anyway, Erin Grace is still very beautiful, even though she's 65. Who is? Erin Gray, who was also in Buck Rogers. Yes, I she was. And I Silver Spoons. I action figure. Did you? I did. It's worth a lot of money now. Well, it's gone now, but it's about the size of a G.I. Joe guy or Star Wars guy. The end. Did you just say, excuse me, but did you just say Aaron Gray is Britney Spears' mother? Who, ah. No, I said she was also in Silver Spoons. Uh, your information is not nearly as interesting as your fake information. As your your 
geriatric uh, senile misheard information? No, it certainly isn't. Um, yeah, Aaron Gray was awesome. I didn't she, care for that uh, princess, though. That kind of trashy princess. You know what was her name? What? The dark one? The princess. The, 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 the bad princess. Oh, on, on Buck uh, Rogers. Buck Rogers, yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't remember no. a princess. I do. I remember. She, yeah, she was nothing. It was like Amidala, but not Amidala, because, of course, we know who Amidala is, but something like that. I remember Twinkie and the woman who was a hawk lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, there she is, Pamela Hensley as Princess Ardala, only in the first season. Ard- Sherman Hemsley's daughter. <laughs> if so, she uh, fell far from the tree. Well, she, yeah, that's why she switched one letter in her last name, too. She wanted to ride on the old man's coattails. That dude was apparently a, like, big old uh, hallucinogenic drug dude. Sherman Hemsley? Yeah, and he was all You're into... You're telling a huge lie. No, he was, like, all into prog rock uh-uh. and shit. I'm, I swear to God, I'm not telling a lie. <laughs> what? I've never heard that. You could look up, like, Sherman Hemsley prog rock or, or acid or something. You'll find some stuff. <laughs> I'm writing it down. I'm going to. <laughs> he was a fan of 1970s prog rock bands, including Yes, Gentle Giant, Gong, and Nectar. In 1999, he corroborated with Nectar. Yes singer John Anderson on an album titled Festival Dreams, which was not released. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I, the only thing I remember from Buck Rogers anymore, well, besides Aaron Gray and Gil Gerard is the, the dude, the beady, beady, beady. Fuck That's you, Buck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then carried around that the, the computer that was... Real smart around his neck. Yeah, he had his own little mini computer, uh, prefiguring the iPhones. But Drop Dead Fred uh, sucks mm. ass. I think we all agree. It had some funny. I moments. couldn't even watch it in one swoop. Like I, I had to take a break. Mm. I didn't either, but still, it had some funny moments. I, I watched it at two sure. times speed because I was running really low on time, and I think it made absolutely no difference. You know, John, how you're talking about how in Harvey you were uncomfortable because of the scene where if only the information was clear and yes. people were, you know, just like there's so much of that in Drop Dead Fred. There where is a lot. Her mother thinks that she's the one who's done it, but we know that Drop Dead Fred is the one who's done it, that it just made me so, again, uncomfortable because I'm not really good with awkward. And so I think that's part of it. Some of it's me. I mean, it's a terrible movie. It's yeah, terrible. it is. But some of it's Katie centric. No, I, I, I felt the same I, way when Carrie Fisher was beating up what she thought yeah. was drop dead Fred. And then she admits to the whole company that she's sleeping with her married boss and all that. that yeah. Awkward. That was funny though. That was more like British office awkward. Okay. Except she didn't talk with a British accent, like the father and drop dead Fred. Well, Although drop dead Fred's right. accent was really, it, Rick, Ma- he did not do a good job on his British accent. He needed a little more work on it. <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah, I don't, mm. I don't know what else you laughed at. Pat, because it's pretty much the drop dead Fred scenes. It was funny, all the like the pranks he pulled. They made me laugh when yeah, he I picked don't... his note and wiped it on her face. That made me laugh. Really? Every time he called her snot face, it made me laugh. That's, that's so juvenile, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, it's... that's too bad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought he was very sweet when he called her Elizabeth. I guess there, I did feel I felt a feeling there at the end when he was all huggy like that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. it was also very uh, corny. Yeah, and how how could if if Drop Dead Fred is just imaginary? That little girl is brilliant that 
put together that that's that thing to to that, trap the babysitter. That was just really well done. It's like a chair <laughs> tied to the rope around the tree and tied and put it in the ground. Shit! What else do kids have to do with their time? They don't do anything. <laughs> Did you look at that little girl? She looked like a little goblin. <laughs> I know this missing teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be trusted. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh. I, Still, I don't, I don't think it's it's any worse than Class of 1984. I wouldn't say it's... Well, yeah, I was more entertained by Class of 1984, I have to say. Uh, That's because you love rape. Is that true? That I love rape? That's what that's what Pat said. <laughs> well, I guess it. it must be true. <laughs> and this will someday be on the internet. Don't, he you never guys read my, don't you guys read my likes on Facebook? <laughs> Well, I think you should rethink it. Katie, have you started watching Broad City? I think I've seen two episodes, and I've read so much about it. I think I had such high expectations, and now I'm trying to think of... Um, I, I saw the one where one girl like um, had a second job at night with in like a speakeasy. Oh, I haven't oh, seen that one. The yet. one where she gets really drunk and turns into a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I oh, didn't wait, when she's funny, sing- so. Oh, yeah. that's... I've found that this season hasn't been as consistent as last season, but I, I've still laughed. Yeah, I just, same here. Maybe I just got a dud. I, I need to keep that I, I, I think maybe that one depends on you knowing the characters. Yeah, so it, it does. That's, but uh, there was a good one if you... No, but I have been watching Kimmy Schmidt, which we were talking about before, and I'm absolutely delighted by that. Yeah, I, that's great. Yeah, Pat, I think uh, Viv was saying we should do an episode just on Kimmy Schmidt. That's fun. Um, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Be, what was first, what's that? No. Not for, no? No. Just We've done it before with Get a Life because um, it's the whole season, so we can just like talk about it because there's been a lot of like controversy about it lately, a lot of stuff being written about uh, oh, I haven't racial seen stereotypes and stuff on the show. So really? It'll be an interesting huh. discussion. It does get in trouble for that sometimes, but I haven't, haven't noticed. The, I haven't read any of the commentary. That's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, it would be a good one. Um, um, yeah, Drop Dead Fed, the special effects, like we were saying, Katie, are pretty fucking awful, too. Well, I think they're they're just 1990. Of the time. But yeah. you know what? Star Wars was 77, and I would say those were better, better special effects than this. Yeah, oh, because when she sneezed and he went flying around, it like switched to claymation or something. Right. It was bad. Yeah, that, and that happened a lot. I will agree this is not as good as Star Wars. Yeah, it went all Clash of the Titans. I was a little confused Thanks. at first because it did have Carrie Fisher, so I thought, oh, maybe this will be as good as Star Wars. Did you? Yeah, everything she's been involved with since has been, hasn't it? Except yep. this. Have you ever read any of her books? Carrie Fisher wrote. Um, yeah, like well, Postcards from the Edge and Wishful Drinking, because somewhere around then she had electroshock therapy and lost a lot of her memories. Really, dude? She had electroshock. Therapy in in this day and age, I guess they still oh, they, do it. they still yeah. do it for depression. Yeah, yeah. yeah she she was just like she swears that it saved her life. But there's one one passage. In How the, would she uh, know? She can't remember her life. That's true. That's true. But there's one passage in the book where I guess her brother had to um, put her in the nervous hospital right then. Like it couldn't wait till dawn, and she signed herself in by signing her name as Shame. <laughs> <laughs> that's so this, sad. That is, this interview that's maybe the she, saddest thing I've ever heard. She I gets, 
That's wrong. She bottom. gets the treatment every six weeks. It's not just like she did it once. She still has it done on a regular basis. Oh, so her memory really? is just getting more and more fragmented? Well, maybe it helps her uh, forget that she liked cocaine. Mm. You never forget that. Your first <laughs> love. Um, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's sad. I don't, she, I know she did, uh, she did like a one woman show or a play, um, that was out here in Berkeley for like a couple weeks, um, that I kind of wanted to go see. Cause I was like, Oh, this, this might be a delicious train wreck, mm. but I didn't, I never heard anything about it. So I don't know. She seems like a nice person. Her books are, are incredibly, uh, readable and she's, she's very, very witty. Yeah, I'd... she was doing like uh, Bruce Valanche type writing for a while there. Like she was sending jokes in to the Academy Awards and that kind of that kind of joke writing, which is kind of funny because you wouldn't expect it from her. Yeah, although she was, you know, she did back in the day uh, write for the precursor of Thirty Rock. So I guess it. it she was makes Thirty sense. Rock. Remember? Yeah, no, I know that's exactly what I'm referencing because she plays he's, an old. He's confusing writer. the character for the real life. Oh. We act, I think we actually reviewed that exact episode of 30 Rock when we did our episode of that, Pat. Yeah, that yeah. was a funny episode. Yeah, yeah that's the one that, that uh, Donaghy has the, the, the quote, <laughs> never never follow a hippie to a second destination. <laughs> yep, that's, that's one of the best lines of the whole series. <laughs> Wait, so Katie, yes. I, I'm done talking about this piece of shit. Um, Yay! I, I think people should not see it. but I think they should see it, but don't expect anything good. Yeah, that, oh, I, I like, I like that's, a, that's a big caveat there. What? You should see it, just don't expect anything good. I like the cover for Wishful Drinking. It's Princess Leia with her hands and her <laughs> lying down, and her, hand, her head lying down her hands, holding a martini glass with pills next to it. That's one of my live journal icons. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. Wait, live journal's still around? As long as you're Russian. Hmm. <laughs> I'm the only one on it. I think I'm still technically on it. I look at every at it once every once in a while. I, I mean, some people I know still post. So I, every once in a while, I never remember to. Well, Sometimes you do. Not for a while. Yeah. Because it's not easy to do on your phone. I guess that's why you can go on Facebook on your phone real easily. I, I do want to give a, a, a couple shout-outs. Uh, Brenda, wait, what's your name? Brenda Villarreal and uh, Sailor Mouth, uh, who've both requested I add them to my Skype account. Uh, <laughs> they sound pretend. They sound like they're trying to s- perhaps sell you something else. Maybe it's Harvey and Drop Dead Fred. Maybe they are pretend. I don't think so. Yeah. You know, hit me up. You can uh, you, you can email me if you listen to this podcast and... Uh, and I'll add you, bud. I'm not doing it now. Uh, so, Katie, let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Are you are you actually conservative? You don't seem conservative to me. I know I you told I... me before you were you had like slight conservative leanings in some areas, but is this is this what are we really we're gonna is this what we're, we're <laughs> yeah, doing I'm this? not gonna attack you. We're, we're having a discussion. <laughs> I'm not. I'm 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 really really moderate, but I have you know my upbringing's very conservative. Um, so I I'm I'm really moderate. How about that? That's fine. Well, let's put it this way: I think in most southern cities, you'd be called a, a, a flaming liberal. 
Just yes, by, by my father, for instance. Just by being moderate. <laughs> just by not burning gays at the stake. <laughs> well, it's not Thursday, so not. Oh, is that where do you live, Alabama? I don't even know. It's all the same to me down there. Um. Yeah, no, that's weird. You, I don't know. You definitely seem. You've always seemed fairly liberal to me, so. I, I was just playing with you, John. I'm, 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 <laughs> I just wanted to get along. You're actually Phyllis Schlafly? 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 <laughs> maybe I am and maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like talking about politics, especially with, you know, uh, there's no there's no conservatives where I live, so. You like some episodes will bring up politics and at, at the end of the conversation, John will say, I don't know why I talk about this. It just makes me angry. But now you like it. Well, I like talking. <laughs> I like talking with people about their own politics, I guess. more you than... sh- You're sharpening your claws. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm not. I swear to God, I, I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I already called you a prostitute. So that was as far as That's I'm going to go. <laughs> in that direction. <laughs> yeah, but that was in love. Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll we'll get off the politics then. Uh, how's everything going, Katie? It's going well. It's going well, and I also uh, I feel like I should give a shout out to Little Rock. It's actually quite a lovely city. I love lovely restaurants there. Um, but I think Gilgerard does still live in Little Rock, and um, we can't and, move. I don't know. No, he can't because he's in the in the house. He needs the crane yeah, to yeah, get out. So. Exactly. Not anymore. He had the emergency uh, mini gastric bypass surgery. Oh, that's good. Yeah, but other otherwise things are going really nicely. I've been in Atlanta for eight years, and I like it very much. Oh, hot Atlanta! Yeah. I was going to say that. I'm, that might be. <laughs> well, you live in Frisco. No. So I, I, do, I, I live in Oakland. There's really well, nothing. No, the whole Bay Area is Frisco. Trust me. Okay. The rest of the country knows. Is there any any bad? Oh, City Brother Love. I don't mind that. There must be something people call Philadelphia that's annoying. Philly. Philly. I think that's that's, annoying. That's fine. Philly's fine. When people say Philadelphia, that is annoying. Oh, Philadelphia, yeah. I hadn't heard that one. That's pretty good. (laughs) No, that's not (laughs) good. I said it was bad. Didn't you hear me? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, I I I really can't stand Hotlanta, and I don't really like the ATL, which is quite Oh, yeah, the ATL. The ATL. Well, do people who live outcast. there, huh? Do people who live in Atlanta say the ATL, or is that just something people say? No, people who live here call it the oh, ATL. Okay. That's too bad. I always hear uh, Philadelphia referred to as Jersey Light, so maybe that's not so nice. <laughs> that really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Doesn't it? It's a thinker. Um, wait, wait. Is it L I T E or L I G H T? Oh, because you guys supply all their electricity. What? Huh? Hey. Oh, all right. This is, uh, I I guess we're probably done. This has been rambling enough. (laughs) You know, one time I went to Monaco over in Europe and, um, Stealth brag. Supplies all of the electricity and water and everything to Monaco. So anything they ever wanted to, I, I just went they could just like totally cut them off yeah well that's why monaco pays those high taxes i guess to france or just pays taxes on their their massive casino empire 
Yeah, yeah. So I, what I'm doing here is I'm equating France with Philadelphia and Monaco with, I guess, Jersey. I was just trying to help you out. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Although I would think France would be more the Jersey in that comparison. Well, well, that works because the Princess of Monaco was from Philadelphia at one point. Grace Kelly? Yep. You have to go way back from comes, that. All comes back around? Yeah, because nice. Grace Kelly was in a movie with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Wow. The Expendables 3. <laughs> Does Grace Kelly have a star on that thing? I don't know if she sang. It's only for singers, right? I'm asking you, Philadelphia boy. I don't know what thing you're talking about. A star on what thing? The street, where they got all the stars for the uh, for the musicians from Philadelphia. <laughs> Never heard of it. Jesus Christ, how do you not know your own city? She was I a think, musician? Yeah, I think you're thinking of Los Angeles. It's the, the Walk of Fame. No, there's trust me, there's stars in Philly. I think maybe you got hit in the head and you saw stars and little birds. Of course I got hit in the head. I was in Philly. Philadelphia. I uh, got hit in the head many times walking down the street, but... All right. Well, I want to find these stars. I've never heard of it. There are stars on the uh, capital of. What you cut out, Katie? Oh, can you hear? Barely. Oh. Yeah, Pat, Pat cut me off. Pat cut you off? I guess she was going to say something mean, so she deserved it. Wait. <laughs> oh, there she is. She's back. Can you? Huh. Well, what I was going to say is there are stars on the Capitol building of South Carolina where the uh, aggressive northerners shot it with a cannon. That's so what do the stars signify that, uh, that we lost? They're the biggest losers? Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> really get it. So we, we don't want to forget. So they put big stars everywhere. So we uh, will always be ready, I guess, for next time. <laughs> oh. Finally get those slaves back. <laughs> I know. In the army, man, the Southerners are. I I never met anybody so proud of their region. And Texans are the worst for being just being proud of being from Texas, uh, as if it means anything other than that's where your parents got it on. But uh, yes, I actually had a dude in the army like say to me, we were talking about the South and stuff. And he's like, "The South will rise again." I was like, "Oh, oh my you'll, God, you'll that, get oh, shot horrible. down again." I then, wonder, too, stupid. John. Yes. If there was just some awful, terrible, no good, obnoxious Southerner that you came into contact with that made such an impression that you now hate the entire region, just I think it's it sounds like it's this this guy because anybody who would say the South will rise again must be pretty bad. <laughs> That's true. But did you hate him enough? To, <laughs> to cover an entire region? Oh, I meant more than one Southerner, trust me. I, I have to say, people from Arkansas are the worst. The worst. Um, no, I just like making fun of the South. I mean, I would never Gil, live there. Gil Gerard seems like a pretty nice guy. Yeah, he's pretty sweet. Yeah, he, he seems nice. all right. Uh, I don't know, there's, some, there's some places in the South that are nice. I love New Orleans. That's that's. I've never been there, no. Yeah, Austin's supposed to be cool. Austin is cool. Atlanta's nice. I really like Atlanta. There's lots of really, really pretty places down here. I promise. Charleston's nice. Savannah's... Ugh, I don't know if you've ever been there. God forgot Savannah. It looks like you can blow hard and the whole thing would fall over. <laughs> I thought Savannah was supposed to be like all all the nouveau riche and stuff in Savannah. I don't know. There's like... 
It's like uh, five square blocks that are really pretty and like films should be shot there. But the rest of it is old and looks like it's dying. You know, things are rotting. I don't know. I've, I've been twice and I've, it gets a big thumbs down. Now who hates the South? Yeah, Me. The, oh, no. the like South that. is pretty. Um, I remember. Pretty awesome. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the other way. And you <laughs> saved it, Katie. <laughs> there is there is the the weird fake uh you know cheerfulness and congeniality aspect that i i don't especially like and then there's also june bugs which are fucking disgusting i've never even seen a june bug I saw them in alabama a and, june bug huh i thought yeah. that was just like a nickname i don't know they call them june bugs who knows what those hicks really meant by it but uh they would just all die at once and just cover the ground. And you'd just be walking, crunching on all these dead bugs. It was fucking disgusting. What were honest. you doing in Alabama? You brought this on yourself. Army, I know. Gag. June bugs are really gross looking. I want to look. I want to see. Oh, this is we confusing. Have... They're yeah. also called May beetles. Oh. So make up your mind. Knowing hmm. what month it is is not a big deal for Southerners. That's, you know, that's how long it takes them to sip a cup of tea on the porch. Oh yeah, those are beetles. Yeah, totally, John. You got that right. I have a porch, in fact, with a swing on it. It's awesome, and I do. I drink tea on it and mint juleps and all the things, and I wear a hat. Um, but you just, uh, it, it, it's, overall, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. But I do have an apron. I'm quite fond of. Oh. That's cool. Got a piece of wheat sticking out of your mouth and just plucked yeah. from the ground. I'm talking, aren't I? <laughs> Ooh, your, your accent just got really pronounced, Katie. <laughs> you should hear me after a couple of beers. I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you haven't had Pretty any much beers? every time I've talked to you. What'd you say, Pat? <laughs> I'm surprised Katie's doing this show sober. So, well, she didn't say she was. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's it all vodka. Yeah, well. It's the Lord's Day in your exactly. parlance. It's a day of rest. Hey, do you guys have dry counties down there? Uh, or like well, s- no Georgia, sale on Sunday? Yeah, and in Georgia, uh, just maybe two years ago, they started selling um, liquor on Sundays. Before then, like, well, you still can't buy anything before noon, but now you can buy alcohol after noon. But used to, you couldn't at all. But when I lived in Arkansas, how, about half the state was dry. And there were three colleges in the county I went to college in, and we had to go to the county line to get alcohol. College in? <laughs> yeah, and collagen. Well, she first she injected her lips, and then she had to get drunk to get over oh, it. Oh, got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Atlanta's moved into the early 20th century as far as that thing goes. That's <laughs> exactly. nice. Exactly. I'm so glad so glad to be here. That's exactly right. And it is for Jesus. That's why. Yeah, oh. When I was, when I was a kid, there's a few beach towns in New Jersey that had blue laws, so everything was closed on Sundays, which probably made the the people who whose lives relied on tourism insane oh yeah because who wants to tour jersey sober (laughs) no this is everything this was not just alcohol this was i don't uh, pennsylvania still can't get alcohol on sundays anywhere really not even in philadelphia 
I don't think. Oh, you can go to a bar, but I don't think you yeah, can buy. Yeah, I was going to say. I know I've been to a bar on a Sunday in Philadelphia. I don't. I don't think you can go to a state store and buy it unless they've changed laws in the past couple of years. But it used to be you couldn't go to the state stores on a Sunday, and that's the only place you could get alcohol. A state store, state that's, store. Yeah, the state. The state used to. Own, I think they've started to privatize it, but the state used to own all the state stores, and the state stores is where where you could buy alcohol, and it was all. The prices were all centrally like monitored by Harrisburg, the state capital. That doesn't seem huh. at all, uh, I don't know, draconic? Is that the word I'm looking for? Draconian? Are you saying it smells really, really nice and makes you Yeah, like horny? Draco Noir? Yeah. Oh, does that make you horny, Pat? Jesus. Mm-mm. That's why I wear it. <laughs> the only smell that makes me horny is cheeseburgers. I'm a real American. Is that you know, what I heard... You're I heard that, that cinnamon buns can, can cause a, 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 a reaction. Cinnamon buns, the smell. A reaction? I'm not sure what you mean by that, Katie. You're being oh, you don't? really vague. I'll send you some websites after. Thanks. <laughs> all right, enough of this, Father All. Shall we get to recommendations, Asians, Asians, Asians? Oh, yeah. Did, did you, do you have a recommendation, Katie? Um, I was going to mention that Noel Gallagher, uh, his band, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, is a new, uh, he's got a new album out called Chasing Yesterday, and I really, really liked the first one that he put out and saw him in concert, and it was a spectacular concert, and even though the reviews haven't been spectacular, um, when the worst thing you can say is it sounds like the first album, that's pretty good, because the first album was great, so I recommend Chasing Yesterday by Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Okay. Uh, Pat? You can go. I'm still thinking. You know what I'm going to recommend, even though it hasn't been on very long, uh, is uh, The Last Man on Earth, show on Fox. With, uh, yeah, I love the first, the first two episodes, but the, the last one left me a little cold. It's not Bill Hader, though. I always get him confused with Bill Hader, too. It's Forte. the other guy, Will Forte. Yeah. Will Forte. I, I, I do that all the time. I don't know why. More importantly, two. Kristen Shaw. She's and really funny Kristen in the show. Yeah, well, here's why I like it, because... Uh, I think, and it, it had really high ratings for the, the first episode, which was, I guess, really two episodes. Um, and then it, like, steeply dropped off, I guess. But because I think the show is way too fucking weird for network TV, and I, I don't think it's what people expected when they tuned in to see it. I don't know what they could have expected, because what we're getting is pretty much what the ad showed. Yeah, but I think it's it's maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, darker than a lot of people. I think they thought it was going to be just, like, wacky joke fest the whole time. I thought the third episode was a little bit too much on the dark side, but of course I watched half of it and I was like, I'm too bummed out. And then I finished it and the, the second half is much funnier, but yeah, I've enjoyed it. I, yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's my recommendation. Who knows if it'll, if it'll um, get really good or if it will even stay on, but I, I'm liking it so far. Um, I'm going to recommend the Rockford files. <laughs> nice. I just I I turned it on the other day. It's on Netflix. It was on TV, and I was like, it was just the one. And I didn't switch the channel. And I kind of got engaged, and then the commercial came in, and I asked myself what I was doing. So I went on to Netflix and found the episode I was watching. And I watched it, and it's really a, everything about the show is is good. It's a well written show. It's definitely a product of the '70s, but it's and it made me think. We often do these episodes about how bad the music in the '70s was, like the popular music. Well, mu- music on TV was really good. Like yeah. the theme song's fun, and the, the the music that's used during the episode is interesting, and it works well with what's going on. Oh yeah, I can totally picture that, like that synthesizer synthesizer theme song for that show. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty good. And during the show, they sometimes have like kind of country kind of stuff, depending on where he's at. Anyway, it's it's a fun show, and when you watch it, you'll you'll spot like pretty interesting cameos from guys who got bigger later, like Tom Socks in a couple episodes, and other other. That's the one that pops to mind. But there's other people. And then, anyway, that's my recommendation for this week. And I think at some point we should do an episode of Rocker Files versus Veronica Mars because I can't think of any other private ice shows. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Certainly, there haven't been any other than those two. So, no, yeah. I mean from recent, recently, yeah, yeah. We could do Rockefellers versus Simon and Simon, but why? Rockefellers wins automatically. Yeah. Well, I know who wants to hear two little, uh, two little computer things play notes. Um, the have you watched The Wire yet, Pat? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know how to talk to you anymore, man. <laughs> Aw. Katie, have you seen The Wire? I've seen the first two seasons, and I've begun the third. Oh, good. Well, that's more than Pat's done. Oh, Pat. All right. Uh, well, I guess that'll do it. Uh, thanks for coming on, Katie. You should come on again. Yeah, this is great. You should come on every every week. Hmm. I don't know. I'm go busy that far. a lot of those times, but um, <laughs> thank you for having me so, so much. Busy. Not, not even just... That was really insulting. <laughs> it, I'm busy a lot of those times. Like for mine, I can understand. I don't want to do it every week. But John said sometime in the future, no definite date. But a lot of those times, she's busy. She's busy on the weekends. Yeah, totally. Pencil me in. Pencil me in for all the times. No, that's too much. <laughs> write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. Uh, rate us highly on iTunes. Click like on our episodes or on our show on Facebook, or just write to us. And if you really want to, tell your friends to listen. Blech. All right, that will do it for this week. Uh, and next, I'm juvenile. I th- I think we're for the for the foreseeable future. We're probably going to be doing TV shows or something, Pat, because we were talking. I have and comic books classes. Yeah, easy short things because I've I'm got I'm actually busy, unlike Katie. So um, next week we're going to have a, a David Lean uh, retrospective. Oh yeah, Lawrence of Arabia and uh, whatever else he did that nobody knows. Um, Bridge on the River Kwai. Awesome. So, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Katie, say it. Goodbye. <laughs>